Acting strange. Oh. Kind of strange. Becca, did you hit Tyler? <laughs> no. Kid? Papa wears diapers and he keeps him in an outhouse, and Nana walks around at night without her clothes, and Papa thinks strangers are following him. <sighs> I knew we were going to have this call. You're old, Tyler. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. Oh, baby. It's Thanksgiving. How are you feeling? Has it been, is it, when will this come out? Will this come out right before Thanksgiving? Right Tuesday before. before. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Are, are you defrosting the turkey? Do you have your, I don't know, recipe? together have you pre-made your pie crust have you, you ready watched to get the stuff? visit don't see that sydney <laughs> oh god dear god are you I ready think... to go home and see all of the people from your high school in the grocery store that's the real no, question because my home is not where i went to high school of all my and three high for that. of all the three high schools that i went to none of them are where i go home to which is a blessing and a gift to me yeah, Monica I and I are still here. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're still here. So we see them all the time. There's no reprieve. We see high school people everywhere we go all the time. Even right now, I'm looking at one. It's Chelsea. We I'm went to high school together. Right now. <laughs> I mean, and also me. So and also oh, Sydney, yeah, who yeah. is definitely an okay, alumni yeah, of our school. But anyway, I said it already, but I'm gonna say it again because it was at the same time as Sydney's joke about getting stuff. Um, the the per- most important thing to do leading up to visiting your family um, is watch the visit from 2015 by our guy, my man. I am looking up the spelling of his name so I don't say it wrong. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. You know when you learn something as a kid and you can't unlearn it? Literally last episode, I was like, oh, I'm going to say it right this time. And then I was like, I think I said it wrong. Like every time I say it, it's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. Anyway, whatever. I love you. Him. Don't trust He's your instincts man. anymore, which is the same with me and Neve Candle, um, which I get, you know. Dear God, Sometimes you're just wrong so frequently that even when you are getting it right, you're like, but whatever I'm thinking is probably wrong. So let me just say the opposite. It. No, no, I, I get it. Uh, I, I, we're in the same boat right now. But this is a movie that I'm really glad that I'm introducing because um, it's our boys redemption arc um did you know that this was m night's redemption arc this film before we get too far into it let me just set the scene with the imdb synopsis or whatever it says two siblings become increasingly frightened by their grandparents disturbing behavior while visiting them on vacation yes that's spot on but it can't there's so much more than that you know uh <laughs> may i just say um what a film what a film I want to let you know that I knew that you would feel this way going into it uh just want to and I uh I knew that you would feel bad (laughs) you don't leave this feeling good (laughs) yeah I mean here's the thing I knew there was a twist I knew that it was about grandchildren who went to visit their grandparents and then 
weird stuff happens um and I didn't really know what that meant and then once when I started the movie you know I was so delighted by the first few minutes that I kept sending you guys voice memos and like even a little video like I was having a great time initially um and then it started to get really bad uh but not the movie just the time that I was having watching the movie you know by the time yeah. that it ended I made the the um questionable maybe choice to start this film at like 2 30 in the morning because um I was awake I was like Chelsea's you know when you're owl. yeah and I didn't have anything to wake up for the next day and I was like okay well let me just see if maybe like I want to watch it twice and so maybe I should just start it now if I'm up and like I was exhausted but not sleepy so I was like well I don't think I'll get too tired I think I can finish it um but I maybe was a little slap happy um, initially. Um, that sounds and, like good vibe to be in for this because it is yeah, a horror comedy. Yeah, and I was like, you know, chilling at it's home. It's a horror um, comedy. It's a horror comedy. It's very funny at first. Parts of it were very funny. Um, when first of all, all the raps, amazing. He needs to collab with DJ Beatroot. Um, but the part when oh they're my like, God. In the, the raps snow. made me want to like end it all. Like I was so <laughs> upset. I was like yelling at the TV. I was like, make no, it stop, them. make it stop. <laughs> I love them. I was obsessed with them. That was one of the soul um, lights in the dark for me here with this film. I, I desperately needed it because also like Poltergeist, there were a lot of things that made me feel connected to my childhood and my um history but in ways that made me feel really bad and not cozy um like my nana and pop-up um are what I called my grandparents who are from Pennsylvania um (laughs) and you know, they sure had bedding in that upstairs bedroom for the kids. That is directly like the bedding that I had on Nana's bed from Poltergeist. Um, Chelsea, did this make you feel cozy? Yeah, there was just like too many things. And at first I was like, okay, interesting. And then I was like, okay, stop. Um, Guys, actually, knock I'm it off. Did you film this in Nana actually, and Pop Pop's house? Like- yeah, I didn't give anybody life rights permission, so I'm gonna need M Night Shyamalan to write a formal apology. Anyway, M Night Shyamalan, all. apologize for your crimes against Chelsea Duff. Don't be <laughs> mean and don't be rude, and honestly, don't plagiarize. That's not cool. Well, He's I'm like, sorry that M Night her, came. Her grandma and grandpa. That's what he asked himself. I, oh, they're I from Pennsylvania. That's Anna and Papa. Story... That's what she uses. Okay, noted. If it makes you feel better, my grandparents are also from Pennsylvania. So um... are they also Nana and Papa? No, they're Nini and Bapa, and people don't do shit like that. Really? So close, uh, <laughs> nobody has that name. <laughs> Bapa's dad was known as. Bebapa. So that's Ooh. that's the kind of vibe we're going for here. We're it's based okay. off of a child's mumbling trying to say the name like I don't know, Papa for the first time and he did Papa instead and they just rolled with it for 80 years. My <laughs> nephew called my dad grapes literally one time and we encouraged it so hard cuz we thought it was super funny and cute. So that's just how those things happen. 
I've what got a memo and a pawpaw because I'm from Alabama, you know? So My mom picked Mima years in advance before she ever had a grandchild and was committed to it. I absolutely want to be called Mama. I just feel like I carry that Not kind Mima. of Mama energy. No, no. Mama. Like Mama with a W at the end of it. Mama, Mama or Mama? Mama. Like Ma. Ma. Mm-hmm. The but with a W. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I just, I'm thinking think. about making my kids or grandkildren. Grandkildren. All right, we're gonna <laughs> roll with it. Children. Uh, That's what this might, movie should be called. Dear Christ, I might just make them call me Mamika or Grand Mamika because I think that's really funny. Um, but Monica I don't think it will yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I. Here's the thing. I, you know, my grandkids are just going to be like, Mama, stop showing us the Hungarian rapper's name that you have tattooed on your ass. We don't care. <laughs> like, it just, it's For so perfect time. to me. <laughs> That'll like, be your costume party you're heading to. It's just being like, have I told you about my ass tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> that was my grandma voice. It was really bad. I'm super sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm so sorry that you had to watch this movie, but I don't regret making you do it because I think that um, though it is a horrifying feature, it is a return to form for M. Night. I'm not even going to say his last name for the rest of this um, because this was this was at the lowest point of our baby boy's career. Uh, <laughs> he had yeah, just no. done um, Another Earth, which I always forget is him. That's the one with Will Smith and, oh my God, I can't remember his name, Jaden Smith. After Earth. Oh, sorry. Oh, Another Earth is another movie. After Earth. You're right, you're right, you're right. But After Earth, which was an abysmal thing, I never saw it because I was like, fuck that. And then right before that, what what did he do? Oh, it was uh, The Last Airbender, the worst atrocity that's Mm. ever hit anyone ever. I also never saw it, but that's because I was protecting myself. And then before that, was Chelsea's favorite film, The Happening, which I have seen, and it's an atrocity. And then before that was Lady <laughs> in the Water. Um, and I think that was fine. And Paul Giamatti, good for him. He's there. Um, but it really, people hate that movie. People fucking hate that movie. So uh, it had been... Where flop, does Avatar fit into all of his movies? Oh, like as far as how bad? No, no, like... Oh, it goes Lady in the Water. So it goes. Oh, oh no! I mean, I'm not gonna be able to do his whole. I'm not gonna be able to do all of them. I can't. That's okay. I'm not. I can't. Nobody I'm not gonna do it. I Lady do. in the Water. <laughs> I could try, but I'm gonna miss some. Lady in the Water, The Happening, then Last Airbender, then After Earth. Then he went to TV for a while, and he did some show called like Wandering something. I don't know. And I would watch it because I like his show, Servant. Um, and that did okay. Wayward Pines, I think that's what it's called. Um, and I then heard good things about that. Yeah, yeah. It said it in this article that it was beloved by fans, oh, but not necessarily even. critics. Um, don't know why I had an accent, but that's good. Um, that's but yeah, voice, yeah, they all went really, all those went really bad. And then for this movie, he literally paid for it himself. Yeah, <laughs> it had a five million dollar budget, and that's because like probably because. People didn't want to give him any money at that point. <laughs> well, it's super interesting because IMDb trivia was saying um, that he also wanted to like 
retain more creative control um, and kind of implied that some of his other movies he did not have final say on final cuts and stuff like that sure at least a little bit because those were huge budget movies at least the last two yeah um but I do wonder if like to me that kind of implied maybe some of the flack that he got for for falling off was not necessarily deserved if he was giving like bigger budgets based on previous success but bigger budgets meant more studio involvement and stuff like that like I don't I I don't know but also maybe he just had a flop era sometimes we all have a flop era that's okay I think I think it was a combo flop era and um you know what you were just saying because lady in the water was freaky weird you know it was beautiful in a way but it was really weird and I haven't seen it in 10 years so I can't tell you any more than that um the happening was trash and I'm pretty sure he wrote that one um, but last airbender and after earth, those two, he did not write. Um, and he like just got in there to direct, to do some big budget shit. I like it's, it's like Sam Raimi do it in the Marvel movies. I'm like, I guess it's like a big, like, yeah, like cool. And a lot of money, but I'm just like, is it fun? It's probably fun. It's probably fun. It's probably fun. It's just so different than the, their meat and potatoes, what they came from. But this mm-hmm. is a return to the meat and potatoes for M. Night because he wrote this shit himself so he could go full frequent with it from the mind of M. Night Chalaman. I said it. I don't know if I said it right. Um, And I think, well, he said in interviews, he was like, I want to do something smaller and something that like it doesn't have to have the whole world in it. It can just be a story. Mm-hmm. And he can go real deep into that story and make it as fucked up as you. Yeah, <laughs> and he did. Yay, he accomplished his goal. Great job. <laughs> um, this was also IMDb trivia said his first film since the village to not receive any Razzie nominations for worst picture, worst director, or worst screenplay. So, you know, he was on the up and up. Awards, baby. Awards. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> this launched into his anti-flop era. Say what you will about the movies themselves, but he came out with this movie in 2015. It grossed 98 million when it only cost cost five. And then after the next year, he did split, and that was like nine billion, and it grossed like two hundred million dollars or something like that. That movie is uh divisive but it was a definite huge hit um and then that led to uh glass which is i i hated it so much um but that did really really well too (laughs) and the devil's in there somewhere i don't know where i didn't look it up which you stand which i stand stand the devil (laughs) um but yeah i mean we could get into the actual film now because um it starts out so good because right immediately you get to see Catherine Hahn. Oh my I God. I did not know she was in this movie. What a sexy, foxy little gift that was. And so her name's hot. Loretta in this movie. Hot name. Okay. When M. Night does a family drama horror movie, he gets the hottest moms. Okay. Um, just saying. Hot moms are important. Hot moms abounding. Seriously. Even the mom in old was pretty hot. The several That's moms true. in old. Yeah. So it continues to this day. <laughs> he loves a MILF. Hot Let's spread that rumor. Make the world go round. 
M. Night Shyamalan is bringing us, I don't know if I said it right, is bringing mm-hmm. us. You're not, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing M. Night is bringing us, shah, shah, shah. <laughs> we're, we're just going to accept it, accept it, we got to move on. Don't criticize me anymore, I won't, I won't be able to. Ever you're doing your best, you're doing your best and we appreciate that. <laughs> Shyamalan. Shamalan, Shamalan. Okay, let's see if that sticks. Anyway, I'm okay. not gonna say it again right now, though. Um, mm-hmm. he's doing the Lord's work by bringing us hot moms. Everyone needs more hot moms, and Catherine Hahn is so hot, and I always forget that. And I remembered again when the fucking show came out with Elizabeth Olsen, and everybody remembered then. But I guess I knew in 2015 because I watched this movie in theaters mm-hmm. when it came out, and. <gasps> Uh-huh, what was baby? it like watching yeah. in theaters? Yeah, bitch, I'm a real fan. I can't say his name, but <laughs> um, yeah, I saw it at the Los Feliz Theater, which is a tiny theater. That's where we saw Nope, Chelsea, the second time. Yeah. And um, I saw it with Aline, shouts out, and Liz, shouts out, and we had an insane time. We were hysterically laughing the whole time. We were holding each other. We felt fear. We felt it all. It's <laughs> It's a lot. The screen's not that big there, so it wasn't so overwhelming. But yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> Even on my TV at home, it felt overwhelming. So I watched Look, it during the just... day. So this time it was okay. <laughs> yeah. There were I thought the manner by which he made the film was super interesting. Um, that it was not just found footage. Um, but like a fully compiled documentary was super interesting to me because to some degree I was like waiting to see what it was as I was watching the movie. I was like, is it just found footage? Is it finished? If it is finished, who put it together and what are the implications of like what scenes they're including and stuff like that? Um, I thought that aspect of it was super well done. And it also lent itself really well to jump scares that felt totally earned um and not like cheap but really fucking effective like I was like physically startled multiple times watching yeah I was wondering what you guys would think about like the found footage slash documentary thing of it I think also narratively it was really great for um the daughter character what's her name Becca Mm, yeah it is it's Becca Becca and Tyler um I thought it was a good thing too. like narratively it played into the plot with as we find out more like about her and like about what like the ramifications of her parents divorce has like caused in her Um, like the fact that she's like behind the camera and that sort of thing and like not in front of the camera and being a director and trying to like have like control in that way. Um, I think it makes sense with her character. And so I liked it double. Yeah, that was one of the things that actually um, made me feel bad because um, I often... Oh, no. <laughs> I I really related to um, her, her role as a precocious teen who self-appoints herself to be in charge of, like, fixing the family. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, like, smoothing over misunderstandings or weird relationships and being like this is my job um and guess what that role is not always welcome people don't always want you to do that um but she sure was doing it anyway um yeah and just like trying to like find order in the chaos 
and she like was acting like super like mature, you know, like in like a mm-hmm. grandiose way, like using fancy language and all this stuff. And like she's off and like smart. So knowing when words, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I know offhand exactly the date that Hasbro brought Milton Bradley. So um, I just have my facts and figures down in all regards. Yeah. I, yeah, I really, I liked, I liked the setup a lot. I'm glad that it seemed like so often though, the camera being left behind wherever it's left behind is so silly in these type of movies, but like, I don't know. He really thought it through, which makes sense. We saw the sixth sense and he hid all those little gems in there for us. This one had less, uh, thematic stuff, but it still did a good job of leaving, uh, crumbs uh cookie trail cookie trail what am i talking about what's that what am i talking about i'm trying to make a handsome gretel thing breadcrumb thank you cookie trail (laughs) i was thinking about over the garden wall i was thinking about over the garden wall where the little cutie boy leaves a candy trail candy trail (laughs) anyway yeah i mean apparently he did do a similar thing with the color red here um, that maybe we'll we'll talk about a little later oh, cool. once we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the film. Neither did I. Um, but IMDb trivia, somebody else did. So shouts to them, whoever they may be. Um, but but yeah, I thought the way that he like crafted the in-universe explanations for the media made a lot of sense. I don't super remember how it worked in Blair Witch Project. Do you remember if you got the sense that like we saw all of the footage in Blair Witch Project and like everything we saw was everything that they taped or that it was like condensed down? I think it was everything that they saw because I think it was like it would be a gap when they were asleep and they would turn on the camera so the light would come on and they were filming a documentary too. So so it was that, but I think they right. also needed the light from the camera. Um, and they also like didn't get to most of what they wanted to film for the documentary so it makes sense that they were not filming constantly whereas like for something like this it made sense when the camera would be running in the background recording things because it makes sense to me that a character like becca would be like i'm filming a family documentary you never know what you're gonna miss out on i want the camera rolling whenever i'm in the room you know what i mean that she would have her choice of footage made complete sense to me that too but I also think she was trying to get a lot of atmospheric shots and they made a good mm-hmm. job of making a point of her trying to make those atmospheric shots like the, there's one scene with Nana and she's like smoking a cigarette in the dining room by herself and it's clear that Becca's trying like filming her not to spy but to like get like a cool shot of her being hot because honestly Nana's hot just saying Deanna Dunnigan hot but just saying skills. It's and gilfs all around. Um, but she's like, oh, look at Nana being hot and cool. And then all of a sudden Nana starts doing some weird shit, you know, because she just did be doing that. It's kind of her thing. Nana do be doing weird shit. Like nothing in this movie disturbs me more than her running under the house. I oh loved that because at first you're like, what is happening? I'm so afraid. And then at some point you realize it's Nana. And I had a moment where I went, oh, wait, is she just trying to be a normal Nana and have fun with them? But she's never been a Nana before. So she doesn't know that she's scaring the absolute shit out of them. She's like, going full Ringu on them, <laughs> like hair down on all fours, crawling. Like, 
a person on all fours running is just so unsettling to me. Like it's it never not so. going to be unsettling. It's fucked up. It's wrong. Oh. I also love that we get to see like she not wearing any panties. She got like an ash cheek She's out at the end of it. Like, yes, love. that was the thing. She said no granny scene. panties for Nana. Uh-huh. They ended that scene and she came out and she was like, oh God, that was fun. Yay. We had a good time. So I was like, okay, she's just a normal Nana who just doesn't have experience with got her grandchildren. <laughs> and then she walked away and her butt cheek was out. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, Do you think that she forgot to put on a real skirt that day or she ripped it in her vigor of being a scary grandma under the house? <laughs> scary I... basement grandma. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. And I didn't go back to check. I didn't take any notes while watching this movie because I figured when I was watching it in the middle of the night, I was like, oh, because I'm doing this, I'll have time to rewatch it and take notes tomorrow. Um, okay. And then I can check things because I know there's a twist coming. And so I'll be able to look for hints. But then I felt so terrible that I was like, I don't have to put myself through that again. Um, and so I didn't. Um, you but, don't have to. <laughs> yeah. This it one means is I like... <laughs> My notes were like, fuck. Oh no. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Oh, and, and a lot of them being like, if he raps one more time. No, my king. Um, <laughs> he was so funny to me. I loved when they were on the train, the Amtrak coming to from 30th street station in Philadelphia, where I have spent a lot of time in my life. Um, and where I was very recently in September. Um, but I I loved when they were on the Amtrak with the conductor and he's like giving them a B and I was can you imagine if you are just like trying to hang out and be cool for the kids and giving this 13 year old a beat so he can rap but then he starts talking about how he's getting bitches and stuff like that like at what point do you start to respectfully bow out of the rap but he saw it through and I was glad he did of course he would that's the same guy I love there's this weird trope in the movie where like anytime a stranger is presented with the camera like a, a like a one-off character they're like like I was an actor let me do a monologue it happens two times it happens two times and it was so funny <laughs> they both love yeah. Shakespeare too I mean those were both Shakespeare quotes which yeah IMDb trivia told me because I didn't know that and I also was like did they use the same quote was that a weird thing that happened no they didn't it was different ones but it just gave me the same scared little feeling both times they're both in iambic pentameter so that's <laughs> what it was I could the just rhythm just the iambic so familiar to my heart yeah <laughs> they should have been haikus oh fun haikus haiku review uh subliminal messaging in the podcast episodes now um <laughs> gotta say it we haven't said it Becca, the main gal or our main child in this movie, is played by Olivia DeJong. I don't know how to say her last name, but that she is right. the same person in Better Watch Out, which we did on the pod our very first year of having this podcast. And no one's fucking seen that movie. Change it. Change it. If you're you listening now, else? go listen to go watch Better Watch Out and then listen to that episode. Do you know who Do else it. was in Better Watch Out? Who? Her brother in this movie, Ed Oxenbold, or what? No Oxenbold. fucking way. Yeah, Are he plays serious? the bestie. Oh. The one who like honks on her booby at one point. <laughs> or whatever he does, God. I don't remember. But... So random. When did Bella Watch Out come movie... out? That one came out after this one. This one was Yeah, first. yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, my God. No wonder. I'm so sorry. Like, I fucking can't stand that kid. Ed Oxenbold. That is a cool name. And you were very funny in this. But everything about you made me angry, furiously angry. And it was probably because I also recognized him from Better Watch Out. And I felt the same way about that character. Well, that character deserves it a little more than this character this character is oh, just like an obnoxious 13 year old i didn't want bad thing i didn't want what happened to tyler to happen to tyler okay i'm not a yeah. fucked up psychopath no. all right no, no, no. but i did not, want him not. to shut the fuck up you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> yeah i never had a brother so i don't know i don't oh, have the like yeah i'm an only yeah, child sure. so i have not mm-hmm. to deal with annoying shit like that <laughs> yeah yeah but um, I think they did a really good job of like setting up the the twist. I'm not going to talk about what the twist is yet, but setting it up in a believable way, like how these kids are going to see their grandparents and they don't know what their grandparents look like. And the mom doesn't know like any like isn't going with them and all that thing because all of those things, because like usually that'd be a little bit weird. Um, but I mean the the anger of of uh you know betrayal over many many years resentment the way that it builds i could see how how you could get to a place where you're just like sure fine you can see my kids but i don't want to see you um, literally did a good job. never are you fucking kidding me i would never send my children to and like even if they were my parents but i haven't seen them essentially a stranger's house without like dropping them off myself I don't care how far away it is never I would never do that to my kids it seems vaguely believable to me (laughs) it is it's totally believable to me but there are some other questionable Katherine Hahn choices in this movie that again she's a single mom now she's looking for love she wants to be on the cruise with Miguel she doesn't want to like if it's not really a problem, she doesn't want to have to make it a problem. And she's trusting her kids to be like, is this really a problem? Please tell me. And they're trying to be adults in the situation. And so Becca is like, no, it's not a problem. And she like, lets yeah. it go. But well, when they are like, hiding a lot of up. stuff yeah. from her. When, yeah. But when they say like, please come pick us up immediately. And she's like, do you know how long that drive would be? It's like, no, if your kid is like, please come pick me up immediately from this grandparents house that you ran away from and don't want to speak to them and also I've been telling you all week that they've been acting a little weird like at some point you start to go like okay maybe I do need to I don't I don't know it was one conversation she had been assured multiple times previously that everything was fine I'm gonna cut her a little slack because I think she's hot um and was doing her best (laughs) but I think she was tired but yeah I'm cutting her no slack like that's just fucking irresponsible parenting do better, Catherine Hahn. I don't care how sexy you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I do think Monica's right that the justification of it made a lot of sense. Like she had this huge fight with her parents when she left home at the age of 19 to elope with a substitute teacher from her high school um, who presumably groomed her. I don't know. Um, and she hasn't talked to them since but they saw her on Facebook and they reached out and they've been talking and like they set up this whole thing and she's like okay if my kids want to go that's fine I'll let my kids go but I don't want to be involved so it makes sense that she's like just communicating with the kids and being like okay you got there okay okay I see that you're in the right house like 
blah, blah. You know what I mean? She's not examining anything further than that. She's going, everything looks fine. I've checked. You've arrived safely. My job here is done. I can go on my cruise. Also, Nana and Pop Pop aren't, Nana and Pop Pop aren't idiots, you know, like they know to get, be scarce. I don't know if that's a phrase. It is now. They know to get the fuck out of there whenever the video, make themselves scarce whenever the video chat's going on because they know that then the jig is up, you know, um, they understand that fully. Um, like, especially as they get stranger and stranger as the week is coming to the end, they know that this has like an end date on it too. So they are out and about going to the poop shed, you know, doing other things. <laughs> oh God, the poop shed. <laughs> Part yeah, of I this think... movie is just, it was like when we did The Lodge two years ago also, that just makes me feel so terrible. You know what I mean? So much of this movie, uh, I won't say the twist just yet, either but so much of the movie you're like is the horror the nature of time passing and illnesses that leave you not fully able to 100% connect with and engage with the world around you in a way that you used to be able to do and like that you're just like losing control of aspects of your life in some degree and that's so scary as the person experiencing it and as the other people who have to watch you experience like like forget the whole um you're a child and you don't know what's normal and you don't know what is okay and you don't know what's gonna happen like even just seeing a loved one go through stuff like that yeah yeah no I I mean I had to go through this with both of my grandparents they both got dementia and like they're they didn't do some of these things but Aunt Nini would say that she like the night before she went out dancing and she's so tired because she was partying all night and I was like hey honestly sounds pretty cool um but that reminded me a lot of the the um the costume party that pop pop mm-hmm. was always getting ready to go to like they did a good job with those those tropes and the, like like showing those those signs of, of dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever it may be, like Nana's like far off look where all of that, like it really resonated. And so I don't think when I first watched this movie, um, my grandparents had been at, like they weren't as far along in, in their journey with 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 the, the disease where it resonated as much. But watching it again, I still knew the twist, but um, that's not to say that Nana and Pop Pop might not also have dementia. They've got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, I think I mean, they I have think they dementia do. too. Um, so they did a good job of pulling on your fucking heartstrings. Jesus, if if you've experienced this, it's horrifying in such a real world way. Yeah, there are a lot of moments where everything else aside, you see what appear to be genuine moments of confusion and disorientation. Um yeah. And it is both fascinating and scary the way they like slide into it in some scenes. Like this scene where he's first getting ready for the costume party. They're just treating it like a normal interview while he's like getting ready. And at some point you start to go, why is he putting on a tuxedo? What's going on? And then the characters also start to go, what are you doing? Yeah, like, are you you going somewhere? And he's like, oh yeah, like I got to take the train to the costume party um and isn't that also the part where he's explaining some of what's up with nana like one of the times that's when he's explaining the sundowning thing right i i think because there's two times first she says that 
at first he says something else and then in the second in like confrontation with pop-up he says the sundowning thing so he's like acting as an authority to be like oh yeah she's having a hard time but she's okay and then you realize at the end of that conversation that he's having a really hard time too um yeah they both have moments where they're like explaining what's going on with the other one where it makes you feel like okay this isn't a I'm a child and this is an adult who has a handle on the situation and it's nothing to be terribly worried about um but then you see that both of them are going through these things and so it's like okay is this okay? Do they need more help? All of these people from the hospital keep coming to check on them. And now I'm starting to think they need maybe more like a live-in caretaker or something just to make sure that they are okay. Um, Right. They're naked, scratching on the door in the middle of the night, like vomiting, like Sometimes you're naked scratching on the door in the middle of the night. That part didn't worry me. Just kidding. Um, But we've all been there. Been there, Uh, done that. But yeah, I mean, there are parts with like when Nana has no authority knife and stuff like that. It's not even when you're like, okay, is this just a normal, very human, nothing malicious or sinister or weird or supernatural going on movie. And it's just a real life scary thing that happens. Um, She has a knife and it's easy to see how something could accidentally happen and she could hurt horse herself um, or or something. You know what I mean? Like there uh, it's it's, it it had me so. Yeah, it's getting old sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's like making you contemplate your uh, eventual death. Ha ha. Inevitable death. Ha ha. I love to have an existential crisis on the pod. But then it's also like they did a really good job of like. It starts out and you're like, okay, they've got some stuff going on that that the kids didn't know about. And it's explained away and explained away. And like the way that it just so slowly but surely gets fucking weirder and fucking weirder. And it's just like, okay, like I don't know how people with these sorts of like end of life diseases act. Like where's the line? They're kids. They don't know where the line is. Yeah. And they're kids. I'm also not a medical professional watching this movie. And so I don't know where the line is. Also like. TBH, thank God there's a twist later. Cause how fucked would it be if it was just like not that? <laughs> yeah, I right. would um maybe have been like, can we do a different movie? Um yeah, can we abort? <laughs> what if we, we not didn't do this? <laughs> Too dark. Yeah, maybe we've reached um critical mass in darkness can we talk about the uh, twist now i mean i know that we're trying to preserve it to some degree i want to talk about the poopy room okay yes what would you do if you went in and you're like haha like what's ba- what i almost said bop what's pop pop doing <laughs> what's he up to oh he must have something cool in there and it's a giant pile of poop like that is <laughs> shocking <laughs> that is and tyler is so a germaphobe too which is just like yeah. poor tyler Oh my god! I would call my mommy so fast. Oh, I'd be like, get off your fucking cruise and pick me up right now. Mommy, I need you to be helicoptered off the top of the slide on the Royal Caribbean ship, and I need you to come get me. Come get me. But they do such a good job of explaining things, and I also think um, I love the little hints that they drop throughout, like the first guy from the uh, place they volunteer who comes by 
and he's like, oh yeah, like we missed you on, they missed them on Saturday. Um, and they didn't answer when we called, but like, they don't even know about all the hubbub down at the, at the ward. Ha <laughs> ha. And you're like, yeah, he literally says that. Well, maybe not. I knew hubbub. he said that, but I was thinking of gossip at the time that he said it. And then just now I was thinking, didn't they realize there were some other pieces to put together? Um, but obviously those are the pieces to put together. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't. I mean, you don't immediately. They didn't put it together that way. Yeah. Yeah. They wouldn't have put that together because he says it so vaguely. And then like even when Stacy comes by later um, with the candy or the or the casserole or whatever. Yeah. um, She's also like, oh, yeah, there's been some wild stuff, but uh, they don't need to worry about that. You know, and like their kids, she's not going to tell the kids. It's good. I thought it was cool and smart. I was like, this is all he can do to leave us cookie crumbs like he did in The Sixth Sense, you know, because like it's not that deep. (laughs) But I appreciated the crumbs uh, after all. Bread crumbs. I like cookie crumbs. I'm sorry, I'm in a cookie mood today. Your little cookie trail. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you can talk about it now if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, at first, I just wasn't sure if this was a movie about the scary real life things that are your real grandparents and your loved ones who um, are taking care of you and maybe need someone to help take care of them. Um, And then once Catherine Hahn was like, those aren't your grandparents, I was like, okay, are they just too people who got confused at the train station because even so that's inherently scary because again you just don't know what you're dealing with um even if they were like two totally random old people who also happened to have dementia and said hey come on home with us and then they did you know what I mean like at that point I hadn't put together that like obviously they were in the right house but with the wrong people I was just like oh no they like the wrong people took them home and they never questioned it um and and then it is revealed that they had there were two people with a whole plan that they executed um and that just is a little bit of a savior for the movie but also obviously so scary in its own way and it's something that i like struggle with in this movie because um obviously they were to people who were long-term care patients at the hospital um and so to some degree you're like how in touch with reality are they and like what's okay and what's not okay and obviously they are maliciously planning something so i would they say are none of it's okay chelsea i don't know none need of it to is okay so but like to like worried about being too pc about it right <laughs> this right, was right, premeditated but... and they've killed people in the past as well they have they that have and mind. i think that pop-up especially um has a really good handle on what he's doing and why he's doing it and what his motivations are um but nana i struggle with a little more especially with her whole sundowning thing because she seems less clued in in. um and also again this is there there's a bunch of different ways this could have played out whatever happened in her past when she 
put her kids in the suitcases in the pond um but classically with like mothers who are family annihilators or whatever it's called that comes from a place of like really bad depression and mental health and like an aspect where you are like saving your children from the horrors of the world but then also you have like real world true crime stories where moms have a new boyfriend who doesn't want to have kids and they're like oh I'll just kill my kids great problem solved um and that's a very different thing than more you know a delusion so I don't know what her diagnosis was or or what she was in you know I don't know anything about that but like she had a whole world that she had built that was this like alien planet and it was like better than earth. And that's where she was sending her children, you know? So there was a rationale behind it and everything. Yeah. And even pop pop. It's just on kind it of too. like with I love Barbarian, a good shared delusion, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just watching Barbarian, obviously spoilers. If you haven't seen Barbarian yet and you skipped that episode. um, So just come back in a, a moment, I guess. I don't Fast know. Fast forward. But obviously, that movie was about how the scary monster can also be a sympathetic figure who is not oh yeah you know what I mean and They're I think both that sympathetic for right. sure 100% um, I feel bad that they died but also they kind of wasn't the grandpa can a go. lot grandpa of can other go. options yeah 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 I mean because like he, he was like, I tried to do this perfect week for Claire. Um, and now that she's had her perfect week, we don't need you anymore. Um, and actually, but I never liked you. Um, can't blame him. Tyler sucks, but you shouldn't kill kids who are <laughs> annoying. I do know that. <laughs> Pop-Pop was like, I never liked you. And I was like, mm-hmm. No! <laughs> I agree with Pop-Pop at this time. <laughs> but I don't condone poopy diaper to the face or anything like that I don't get like too jam. far away with it I I just want to say there's one moment we skipped earlier that was like maybe the most like horrifying and haunting to me of the pre-twist segments and that's when Becca goes into the barn to find pop-pop and he has the <gasps> rifle in oh, his yeah. fucking yes. mouth and he's like I was just cleaning it I was just cleaning it I swear I was just cleaning it that shit oh I just got the yeah. bad chills Oh, just thinking about it now. Like, yeah, like he ups the ante so well. Oh my God. Yeah. That that's shit, you're part. like, shit is not good. We are not safe. That's the part that really rocketed me into outer space when I started to feel like maybe these were just two old people who got confused and thought these were their grandchildren and took them home. And they clearly are having, even if they are having moments of confusion and disorientation, they're very clearly also having plenty of moments of lucidity and maybe he had a moment where he like realized what they had done and was like oh oh no but now I don't know what that was exactly I think he just got a lot going on I don't know sure like what was the rabbit thing we never found anything we never found out what's going on with the fucking rabbit with the yellow eyes or the white thing I guess it was a rabbit I just thought of it as a rabbit like what did like did he kill someone trying to go after the rabbit? Like, okay, I'm sorry, calling it a rabbit. The white thing, like, I don't know. That was that we never got like a lot of info there. We know that Nana slash Claire killed her kids with the suitcase thing, but we don't really know what Pop Pop did. An accessory to Claire? I don't know. I think they Something met with the white thing after the fact. I don't think they knew each other. I, like, I don't think yeah, they, they were probably like, wouldn't put, put there them. together. Yeah. 
put I think them they're together. psych ward lovers, you know? Yeah. Psych ward lovers. That's what we are. I'm sorry. I just felt like the need to sing that. Um, I just, I, the fact that the climax of this movie is over a game of Yahtzee, like, like the most old person game. That's not true. Maybe it's not the most old person. Yahtzee! Game, but it's a, that moment, that moment was so good. You fucking motherfucker, M. Night. How dare you? <laughs> and her that mouth was like sacred. all wild. That was one of the red moments Um, was in the Yahtzee scene. Let me find it. Um, The moments are Stacy is wearing a red jacket when she comes over to see them. And also she is still wearing her red jacket later when we discover that she never left. Um, R.I.P. Stacy. Mm-hmm. Becca is wearing a red sweater when she goes down into the basements and is digging around in the trash and makes her little dumpster discovery. Um, Pop Pop uses a red pencil to keep score during Yahtzee. Um, the bedspread upstairs in the grandparents' bedroom is red. And, oh, there's two more. The lining of the jacket that Pop Pop puts on in the kitchen with Tyler when he's like, I never liked you, is red. Um, and then Loretta, mommy, Catherine Hahn, is wearing a red shirt when she comes at the end of the movie. Amazing. I love that he has a through line through, I don't know if all this. Red is his power color and it's also my power color. He and I have so much in common. M. Night Shyamalan. That's why I wore these red pops today. For him. Course. Oh, let me put uh-huh. my red beanie back yeah. on after all. <laughs> yeah, it's, God, I, ju- I, I just think everything in that, in that last, like, like like insane sequence where every all the shit goes down is just so horrifying this is the point where like in interviews m night's like yeah i don't know if you're supposed to laugh or be scared during those times like when there's poop being rubbed all over the child's face he's like either way (laughs) yeah i mean apparently he did a cut that was all comedy and a cut that was all horror and um we ended up somewhere in the middle, he I don't know what the comedy Porcano cut would have looked like. Dose. Right? Yeah, like, how does the end of that movie go? Um, if you but... put too much levity in it, there's already some would say me too much levity in this because there's too many raps. Um, and stop. Leave the raps alone. <laughs> the raps would be I'll so mad. Them with my life. I was literally furious. I was yelling. <laughs> Adam can attest. Um, but I mean. There's a little bit of levity in the scene with Tyler and Pop Pop, but there's no levity with Nana and Becca. Oh my God, that's just so terrifying. There's no light. There, she's like, mm-hmm. Nana's like on the ground again, under things, on top of things, like under Nana's the blanket, out of the blanket, like the vampire brides in Bram Stoker's Bram Dracula Stoker. from last uh-huh. week. It's a through line. It's a through line. Um, that said, um, how does this work for Esler November? I feel like Pop Pop was dying to call Taylor Tyler the S F slur. Just saying. oh oh yeah. yeah oh yeah um okay, well, there we go you know um, Tyler said it in one of his raps oh he would um, yeah and then Becca would be like he you totally can't say that that's say she that. would go full Hillary Duff in the anti hate commercial do you know what you say um you say that's okay do you know what you say yeah <laughs> knock yeah, it yeah, off. Yeah. I She'd 100% those. call him out. Um, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of funny stuff wraps aside, though. Like, 
I thought I thought they acted so recognizably like kids um, and precocious teenagers, especially after they have seen Nana running around at night um, and have been told it's nothing to worry about. And then they're outside on the path and, and the grandparents are like, come over and look at these foxes or whatever. And Tyler's like, Becca, who am I? And he starts like running around with his hands behind his back um i was like tyler stop but he did make me laugh um, it was fucking funny also the fact that he decided to stop saying curse words and say pop star names instead so there's one when he says oh mclaughlin <laughs> yeah when he did shania twain at the end i was like he saved the best for last so good He's so, Uh, I thought he was funny. I thought he was delightful. He was funny. He was funny. I just don't like the rapping. He ended every rap with ho. It's not creative. He's (laughs) only 13. He's going to improve. I cannot believe that you're defending. This is the last (laughs) thing I expected from you, Chelsea. I'm in shock. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it when he said ho at the end of his raps. What do you mean? (laughs) His raps were offensive, but I thought they were funny. (laughs) And isn't that all that matters? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yes. That I think it funny. it's funny. Yes, that yeah. other people think offensive things are funny. No, they're wrong, probably. No, it's oh only okay if you... I'm the arbiter of taste. So, yeah. I was that. just about to say you're the arbiter of taste. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of like little sprinkles from earlier in the movie that I just want to shout out. Like we talked about the alien story already, but like just the way that unfolded was so haunting. And also just before when like Nana starts like freaking out on the camera when asked about the mom that, oh my God. Oh, so scary. It was so. This movie is very unnerving because I think one, we're all scared of old people deep down. They're scared. We're all scared of um, getting old and losing control and what that means. Yeah. But yeah, the way yeah. that that manifests, manifests is that yeah. like you, you other old people, because you don't want to come to terms with the fact that you're going to be them. So you're like, I'm scared of, I get what Sydney's saying. Like I'm scared yeah. of, of like, old we people. We are scared of old people because one day that's going to be us. Right. You can't and escape also society it. like, so looks down on old people and is yeah. like, like, um, the whole it comes goal to- is to keep living. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, you did that. That sucks. Fuck you. Like, but also I don't know. we're living a lot longer than we used to remember, you know, back in the good old days where you'd be dead by 45. <laughs> the good days. The yeah. Days. <laughs> but, but even when it comes to like mental health and aging and stuff like that, there's such like a preconception that if you are depressed and want to die and you're in your 90s it's like well you're in your 90s of course you want to die and it's like well that's not accurate old people should seek mental health treatment and they don't have to want to die just like nobody has to want to die at any age um so there there's like all these associations we have with like getting older that are not even real per se um with the process of aging and are just like well of course that's how I would feel if that were happening to me in in the same way that people talk about like being disabled a lot in general um but true yeah I mean it is it's not it's not a friendly world and we don't have systems in place to help people receive care that they need and so you get things like this where it's like it's so easy to believe that the horror of this movie would just be that these two old people are 
isolated Old. and not receiving help. Oh, yeah. That ha- it happens more often than not. So depressing. Okay. Anyway, super depressing. Oh my God. Thank God. And I saved it by making it utterly batshit. <laughs> thank God he just made them murderers instead. Um, Thank God he added poop in there so we could all be like, <laughs> and forget. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, what's funny? Naked granny crawling around on all fours, poopy diapers, maybe. Um the vomiting was funny. <laughs> the vomiting was, funny. was so scary. I was like, it was just like so unexpected. I was like, I didn't know what to do, so I laughed. I don't know if it was yeah. funny, but I laughed. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> What would you do in that situation? I would not know what to do if I was a 17-year-old child or however old she is. Um, She's got to be like 15. 15. She's 15. Um, oh, also, just a little timeline business. She has not seen, Catherine Hahn has not seen her parents in 15 years, and Becca is 15 years old. So she I thought it was right 17 then. years. Oh, I thought it was. I read an article, and it said 15, and she's 15, and I was like, um it's something anyway. close it enough makes, to make it, make it clear that whatever better. was going on with the dad yeah was like yeah the parents were probably right to stand up and be like no you can't run away with this grown adult man yeah oh I just I think I was fucking mad at the time because I was like I was having like I was like haha oh it's over thank god and then you had to like make me face the sad sad realities of of this family's like coming apart um, but that last little bit with Catherine Hahn, where she actually finally explains what happened so you can understand, like, why we're in this situation at all, was so sad. Oh, it's just so yeah. sad. I was glad that we had it both because I did feel that Same. it was something that Becca would include in her film. And I did feel that it was something that Loretta would do to try and make amends for the fact that her children had this scary experience even though it's where they had to not... commit murder yeah even though they had to do murder defense um... listen because loretta wouldn't go to therapy her children had to commit murder and that's not okay i don't even know that that is a hundred percent it though because i feel like loretta seems fine <laughs> for the most part like, not that she wouldn't benefit from going to therapy because I don't really think she's unpacked the grooming thing. Um, but yeah. it seems like Becca, We, I mean, the movie tells us that Becca and Tyler are really struggling after their dad left them. Like, Tyler has developed this germophobia, which Becca psychoanalyzes as a need to be in control. Um, and what's and Tyler... that thing when you, like, cope by doing raps? He's got that, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that thing right well. Chelsea <laughs> yeah so yeah sorry. keep going that. keep going I read about that um but Tyler also psychoanalyzes Becca in that moment that is like so hard it goes so hard where he's like so you don't mean. even look at yourself in the mirror you can't even tell that you've had your sweater on inside out all day long do you think that you're worthless Becca I was like oh my god you're, <laughs> oh, you're, so you're doing Come too much life. let her live <laughs> um yeah I, I'm glad I don't have like a regular sibling you know because if my sibling ended my life like that 
I would simply pass away. I, I did love that she scared him and too. then was like, we're even now. I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, that was so funny. His whole thing was so interesting though. Like he, he pinned their dad leaving based on him, like not performing in a football game, which was yeah. so sad. And, and then, then at the end when he acts like, like he doesn't him, care, yeah. him. he acts like he doesn't care throughout the movie. He's like, oh, I'm not affected by it. We're, we're like, yeah, I'm sure, actually honey. fine. Thanks. You'll figure that out soon. Um, And then like he has that full like, you know, kind of like flashback that leads him to bash Almost the shit fit. out of Pop yeah. Pop's head. Yeah, it was like a fit. It was it was horrifying that. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but what I was saying is like, clearly Becca and Tyler have a lot that they're dealing with in terms of their estrangement from their father that I think Becca is understandably projecting onto her mom and assuming that her mom must have very similar feelings about the mom's relationship with the grandparents. And that's why like, she's like, okay, this is something I maybe can fix. And if I can fix it, I have to fix it because in some way that will be First of all, it will make me not worthless because I'll have done something for someone else that was helpful. Um, And also, it'll show that things can be fixed, maybe, given time, given long enough. Who knows? I don't know. It is so true. She was looking for that absolution, the elixir, (laughs) elixir. as she called it, which I loved that. Um, She's a good little documentarian. She's, she's going places. She was interviewing yeah. Nana and she was like, okay, let's just pretend the, the way Nana has a fit. The first time she asked the question, first of all, um, great for building anticipation, great for Nana getting out of answering the question and having to make something up um, all around, like great storytelling to craft that Seriously. moment as such. Yeah. But then for her to revisit it later and be like, clearly this is a sensitive subject. How do I broach this and tell it as a little story? And then Nana cries um, and is like, I would forgive her. I would say, oh my I God. forgive you, little girl. I was like, oh. That was, yeah. I was like, okay, well, that's going to look great in the doc. Um, oh right? Because as we're watching the documentary, I guess. Um. Yeah, she's really good. No, she's good at like uh like disarming her interviewees and stuff. She has a bright future ahead of her in the film industry. Um, she's very knowledgeable about like the cameras and stuff as well. Yeah, those are and she nice did, cameras. Yeah, she did a lot of. I mean, she clearly also brought so much, so many memory cards or whatever with her, whatever they're using. She was stocked and ready to go because we can tell how much footage she did not include based even just on the fact that sometimes she was like being filmed talking about her process sitting in front of the camera editing footage that didn't make the final cut um yeah i just i thought it was i thought it was super interesting i thought she she was a really cool little character and it was like such a great framing for the story both for it to make sense for the found footage to have like crafted a narrative um and also, I just, I thought it was really well put together in that sense. Um, yeah. Well, I, I'm with you there. I totally agree. And um, if he hadn't, I'll say this. Here, Chelsea, here, I'm throwing you a bone. Catch it. Um, I'm saying that if he hadn't ended it with that fucking rap, it would have been devastating. So I'm glad that he did. Yeah. Thank you so much. But also, um, I hated yeah. it the whole time I was yelling the most during that rap. I was like, don't do a rap <gasps> recap of the movie right now. Look, uh, you know, um, who is that guy 
um, Demi Ojewebe, who does the 21st of September videos, and he also does the fake Will Smith credit rapping songs. Um, oh my god, I didn't know he energy, did that. And I love, I love it. Icons only. All right, fine, fair. I'll allow it. He also um, made a reference in his final rap to um, killing pop-pop like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon, um, and apparently in Lethal Weapon 2, like the way that Tyler smashed pop-pop's head with the refrigerator, Mel Gibson smashed some guy's head with a car door, so it is pretty funny. He's doing good pop culture references. Wow, I love a pop culture king. He's at a place where he can rap about that, but okay, good for him. Go off, king. (laughs) (laughs) anyway is it time for our segmentos kill me i'm sorry (laughs) i'm I'm ready for we're doing it um how could this movie be gayer i think tyler's gay be a lesbian i think tyler's talking shit about all these hoes and he is projecting no, Tyler is the straightest man in existence. He says that he gets all these 13-year-old bitches, Monica, and I believe him. Yeah. I have had so I had so many friends when I was in high school who were in the closet who talked about all the bitches they were getting so much. And now they're the gayest people that I know. Okay? All right. Sometimes so, people who get bitches are really out here getting bitches. Yeah. Just didn't seem believable for me, but I guess I'm not 14 or 13 years old, so. Um, I think if this movie really wanted to be progressive, it could have had, like, instead of, you know, Nana and Pop Pop, it could have had. Two Nanas? Two Nanas or two Pop Pops. (laughs) They should be lesbian murderers as all murderers should be. Could have had a fun little good for her moment. <laughs> um, Loretta could have been bisexual and only, or in her lesbian era and only dating women, despite. I mean, honestly, that would be interesting too, as like a reaction. That would have been possibly, cool. and also very. That's what everybody is saying. There was this whole discourse recently about like what is the new um, midlife crisis for women these days, and part of it dating is being women. Like, Am I queer? Um, <laughs> let me reexamine. Compet. Yeah, uh, it will getcha. Um, but yeah, so I think Loretta should have been dating a woman. Miguel could have been a woman. That said, Miguel didn't stick around, so I would hate for Catherine Hahn to get dumped by a woman. Um, but they could patch it back up, probably. You know, one fight doesn't mean it's I over. Don't know if, yeah, if that meant you fight in relationships, not like crazy sometimes bad all the time, but sometimes mm-hmm. you have a little disagreement. I don't know if that broke them. And she really wanted love. And the carnival cruise didn't? Then I don't know what to say. (laughs) Coming home from the cruise was when the real problem started. Reality slapped them in the face. Um, Okay. Any other gay thoughts that you'd like to share? Mostly about the movie, but anything else you'd like to say, you could say now as well. Um, The Amtrak conductor and the guy from the hospital who came by, those are, they're both actors and therefore at least a little queer. Too true. Too true. What was that Tom Hardy quote or whatever where people were like, are you gay? And he was like, no, but I'm an actor, so I've had sex with men. Oh, God, that was so awesome. (laughs) He's like, I'm an actor. Of course, I've fucked men. He said it so casually. I was like, oh, man, we love it. Wow. 
good. Yeah. Everyone he, should the, try. Well, of course I've had sex with men. I'm an actor for fuck's sake. That's what's going on with those two. Uh-huh. I love mm-hmm. that. We should introduce them. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That brings us to the age-old question. Where would Matthew Lillard fit into this film? Um, he could have been that the first guy from the hospital to mm-hmm. check in on them or my personal favorite he could have been the random guy that pop pop beat up on the street when they were Ooh. showing them around town oh, i forgot about that part he oh, could yeah. also be um jerry from the police station which i actually i didn't mention earlier but this was an interesting thing from trivia um you know how when they're first driving around or whatever they're playing that game of like look at that building and guess a person who works there and they drive by the police station and they're like becca's like there's a guy named jerry who works there but he never answers the phone and then later when Ron Loretta calls, yeah it's like jerry is the one officer and he is out on a call um so, that could have been matthew uh, lillard you know we don't see him there's her. no way to know that it wasn't That's him premonitions I think it probably was him. The visit too. I got confused (laughs) because I was reading these fun articles um, that really dove deep. I will link them. I did not finish them both, but this person wrote two articles about this movie. And the first one I clicked on was for the second, the second article. And I thought it was telling me that there was a sequel to the visit because it said the visit too. And I was like, dear fuck, what? Why? no. No, absolutely not. Don't worry. Not true. We're good. Just a little jokey joke. Just the, they're just saying this is my second article about the visit, and oh, I just no. read what I guess wanted to read. Um, I think Matthew Lillard, though, back to the point, could be the dad in the flashback videos. Oh, but I don't. I mean, that I would know. be. I know, but yeah, he could have done. He could have. Little cameo, you only see half his face. I say we leave all options open for Maddie Lily to choose which one he would like. Yeah, he can choose his own adventure here. That's fine with me. We love him to have free will. Um, I did think it was super interesting that in the home video footage, we only see the dad with the kids, which I thought was a nice touch so that they didn't have to like cast a young Loretta or whatever. But so they could be like, look at this adult man who looks roughly the same age as Catherine Hahn is now that her children are teenagers. Yeah. No, that was smart. That would have, yeah. If they showed a 19-year-old mom in that scene, you would have been like, I'm, I hate this. Good to keep distance from it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, that brings us to our dumb bitch. And I bet Sydney has a choice for dumb bitch. I have two. And it is uh, both of these kids' parents. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's fair. I I I I mean we've already been clear where we stand. I am more ca- Catherine, Catherine Hahn. Catherine yeah. Hahn. Yeah. But uh that no, fucking I... blows hard chunks. I know. Here's go, the thing. Go. The dad blows hard chunks. One. Is he a perv? Like what is their like full backstory? There was also some weird stuff with whatever the card was that he gave to the daughter and she never looks at herself in the mirror where I was like, this could be something that I don't want to look at too closely. Um, Oh, God. No. And I don't think that it was that. I don't, I I don't want to, I don't, I don't even want to examine further, honestly. Um, No, me neither. But 
I won't say the thought did occur to me. But also, like, here's the thing. You're a parent. I don't give a shit what your feelings are. Your responsibility is your kids. It's fucking irresponsible to not drop your kids off. I don't care. You don't have to stay long, but you need to fucking hand deliver them because you haven't seen them in 15 years. And uh-uh. like, that's never going to get a pass from me. Like that's fucking irresponsible and bad parenting. So okay. she gets my vote. Nomination yeah. accepted. Um, accepted. I'm, I'm team daddy-o, but I think we can have a tie for this one. Yeah. I also think pop-up is, um, a dumb bitch as well um but obviously any any villain is always up for nomination well but (laughs) yeah yeah. things going on if someone knows what he did like did beforehand like i just want to know his full backstory we found out all about i want to know about the costume party i want to know about the costume party what happened with the white thing and the eyes i need to know i don't know no i know i'm just I, I, this is a pause where the listener can think about it and then write the dm to me where they tell me the answer monica here's what i think yeah here's what i found <laughs> okay that brings us to our knives out of fives and i am very curious because 98 million is a lot of money but it's not like crazy ton so like yeah. was this the comeback film that m night so deserved what did the people think? Um, I would I would say no, just based on the fact that I think it had I relatively low mean looking reviews. <laughs> yeah, it had relatively low pop cultural impact. Like you don't really hear it getting discussed much in terms of M Night Shyamalan's oeuvre of films. Um, oeuvre. his oeuvre. I love that um, one. the ratings also were lower than I expected after I watched the movie. Um, It has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 68% from critics, which is fresh, but 51% from audiences, which is rotten. Um, And like I said, it was- better than I thought, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't nominated for Razzies for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay. Um, So in that sense, while those are awards that it, wasn't even nominated for that's sort of an award of its own you know what I mean um I don't think people knew about this that much because like if the budget was five mil that means that the marketing budget was teeny tiny comparatively to his other films um, I do remember it being advertised I do remember yeah. when it was like cu- coming to theaters I'm just like an M night girly. So like, I always go, you prioritize. Yeah. Yeah. I prioritize except for it's going to be one of these big, but budget stinkers. Um, but yeah, I like saw this, like the first two weeks that it came out. So it has always been part of, of, of my M night experience. So it's hard to think of it without think of someone seeing M night without this, but, um, yeah, you know, he was just getting his bearings back. It's okay if it was just a middling success. It's okay, mm-hmm. M. Night. He got back that on the said, horse still. I think, though it was a movie that made me feel really, 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 really bad, Um, I thought it was a movie that was put together really, really, really well. Um. And I'm not sure exactly what that means for my knives yet. I'm kind of just talking it out in this moment. But like I said, I thought it was like 
well-crafted in terms of the premise, in terms of how the premise leads you to getting the final product that you have. Um, I thought the writing like bore out pretty well. I thought the characters were pretty well developed. Um, I, I thought it all was I thought it was a really well constructed movie. Um so I I'll, I'll probably give it like um 4.85 knives out of 5s but I don't know that I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, you want to go first, Sydney? I do a 4 out of 5 knives just for the sole fact that I have been thinking about the grandma running on all fours for the last two days yes, like I can't God. get it out of my head <laughs> yeah Sydney got scared did you get scared it's did you not even scared? I didn't get scared at all it's just unsettling she was unsettled I was deeply folks. unsettled she was yeah unsettled I was I was <laughs> startled like it. I said multiple times it's rare that I'm scared sometimes a jump star- will startle me sometimes I'll have like one spook during a movie I was spooked multiple times this movie Yahtzee did spook me because I was putting clothes away and I was not expecting it. And I did throw (laughs) my underwear up in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Yahtzee. That's so good. good. Okay. Hell yeah. I was expecting from your uh, text messages that you hated it. So I'm glad that you didn't. (laughs) Um, I think maybe she still hated it. She just doesn't think it's bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> fair, fair, fair distinction, fair distinction. Um, for me, I'm gonna give this one a 4.8. I think that it slaps. Um, I, it makes me really annoyed. Like as much as it unnerved you, I annoyed me because of the raps. Honestly, they really graded me. They pissed me off so much. I can't sure. even like it's irrational, but I can I, tell it's, it's my truth. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't hit the same the second time, but I did have a blast, and I was hysterically laughing. Like multiple times throughout and then I was also feeling very upset and I was saying oh god aloud while no one was home so it still hits after all these years and I I just love this like return to form for him where he like did this small story he thought it all out like yeah there's a lot of like you could say there's similarities to this and um, uh this and the the oh my god I almost said the shining um the sixth sense there is similarities to the shining Nana's out here doing the Kubrick stare there you go. That's what I was thinking of. Of course, it wasn't just me <laughs> tripping over my words. Uh, <laughs> but no, like this has like the he's really good at writing like a family drama and thinking out the like emotional implications of shit. And like, like, I, you know, I didn't cry hysterically during this movie, but there's some like really heavy shit. And he did a good job doing it. And he did a good job, sh- job, like making us look into the face of uh, like of aging, you know, and, and he I, refrained oh, from putting himself in a cameo, which is always oh my God. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, that really would have taken me out of it in this one. I didn't even think about that. That's such a good point. Wow, it's like the only one. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's like, maybe he was like one of the cops. And so you don't actually see him. He's he Jerry. Was there. He was there somewhere when all those cops came, rained down on the house. Um, But yeah, so uh, yeah, 4.8 for me. I'm glad we did this movie. And I'm glad you guys liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I It took me a while to be glad that we did this movie as well. But I came around. There's a period of time where I was not happy about it. And I still think we could have done another movie, but it was fine. 
Med <laughs> supremacy. That's it. Next week, we're doing a really fun movie. Um, it is a fifth Tuesday, which means we get a freebie. We get a bonus. We get to do whatever movie we want. But we are still sticking with a murder mystery premise this month. Um, and so next week, we will be doing the new classic, Knives Out, starring the gorgeous Benoit Blanc um, and his detective team and Chris Evans and Knitwear. Um, and, you know... There's, it's got a lot going for it. Tony Collette is in this as well. So, you know, through life. And nothing screams more fall than knitwear. Than knitwear. Oh, so yeah. True cable knit. Mm-hmm. It's such a November also, movie. Uh, yeah, we're timely. We're on the nose. We know that Glass Onion is coming out. So, uh huh, we thought about it. Why not prepare for that? <laughs> if movie you needed to brush up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's Thanksgiving. It's time to give back to us, Spooky Tuesday, with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're not picky. Um, but Whatever. Think about it. Yeah. It could be a haiku. It could just be you rehashing how you feel having been forced to watch the visit and like just getting that all out there. If you want to do it that way, it is anonymous. So feel free. Um, any Anything. We'll take it all. Just has to be five stars. Uh, and then why not follow us on social media? We had a viral meme, so you could put your eyes <laughs> on that. <laughs> uh, it's at spooky underscore Tuesday on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Maybe Twitter for a limited time. Um, see, look, getting them excited. Fleeting, fleeting. Uh, and then uh, spooky Tuesday pod on Tumblr and Facebook. And also spooky Tuesday on Letterboxd. And we have that one YouTube video. Don't you dare forget it. Thanks for listening. Bye, Spooky. I'm thankful for you. (laughs) You should be. I may be 13, may not live in the hood, may not carry no chrome, may not be allowed a cell phone at dinner, but I'm young and can do 18 push-ups and I speak the truth. My sister tried to make a film about old people feeling dismay, but it didn't turn out that way. She hit the screen and Keelan got vomited in her face. Chunks in her hair from a stew, but she washed them out with herbal essence body yummy shampoo. So here's a few things T Domin learned from visiting elders. Adult diapers come in many in name. This attends and depends on medline and prevail, but they all the same. They keep your muscles spilling out and they keep it contained. So here's the truth. I got messed up with a killer who's truly insane. I will try not to refrain. Try to overcome my pain cause one day it will get me my fame like 50 cent getting shot and being lame you see i got a diaper shoved in my face for half an hour i thought it was over i thought i'd be under the ground growing fall leaf clover some dude doing over me with a mower but that's not what happened you see cause i went all mental i was like mel gibson at the end of a lethal weapon rental i'm straight now i'm not gonna lie for three weeks that diaper left me like a basket case i had to use two whole dove bars on my face and one last thing and i don't mean to say again but the truth is Shit doesn't taste like chicken. Oh, Shania Twain, bitches. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. 